The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross are brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Ross are brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Ross were brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io SGPN. That's SoBet.io SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's currently Monday evening on Martin Luther King Day. And joining me to break down some more NBA, I guess, information news in another Western Conference uh, division we're going to cover today, the Northwest Division. Very, very close division to this man's heart. It's Zach Broner. Zach, how you feeling today, buddy? I'm feeling good, bro. I'm excited to uh, get into this division. I we already had some uh, some quick back and forth uh, in in private lines about the Utah Jazz. I think they're definitely one of the one of the most, if not the most fascinating team in the nba i think right in this regular season given just how much they've been through over the past few years so excited to get into that i did want to bring up one thing real quick before we started yeah what do you think of that cade cunningham ejection yesterday that really got to me that 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 hit me personally just because it's a sunday game on a long weekend you know the kids are out of school on monday how many kids do you think were at their first nba game or at least their first time seeing cade cunningham the number one pick in the city of detroit at home uh-huh. And he's playing well, and they eject him. One of these softest ejections I've seen. So, just that and a Sunday day game, you know how many kids are in the crowd seeing this kid yeah. for the first time. That was tough. So, off the weekend, that Cunningham ejection really hit me the wrong way. But otherwise, there's been so many good games the last week. The Slack channel's been popping off. So, if you're not in there, we've had a lot of fire picks um, last week, some big parlays. Terrell throwing out the heat. Uh, you and me both hit some picks in there, as well as the rest of the crew that's been throwing out picks. So, been a lot of fun and now that we're kind of seem to be past the health and safety protocol uh explosion in mid-december the regular season is right back on track to being how quality it was at the beginning of this year um when we were really ex- experiencing a lot of normalcy yeah 100 man i mean a lot of great stuff going on in the slack channel you know breaking down games even i know we were talking about the uh bucks and um the was it the warriors game uh last week the warriors bucks game that was, that was a really fun hit for the slack channel yeah, um, you know, guys on both sides of it, but I think we were on the Bucks there. Um, to touch on the uh, Cade, I saw that he got teed up, and I didn't see the exact reason why he got ejected. Uh, was it something he said to the refs, or or was that a second technical of the game, or what happened? No, he, it was a second technical. He was pointing to the crowd. Yeah, and I saw the that. Ref just the ref, without even thinking, just hits him with the tee. He he was 
pointing to his own friends that he had in the crowd, but it looked like he was pointing to the Suns bench. But just especially on a day game, like we need to do a better, like you got to keep these guys in the game. I mean, I understand if you go above and beyond and you're being inappropriate, but um, you know, people pay their hard earned money and especially on a weekend day game to bring their kids to the game. um, Just keep these guys on the floor. So that, that, that rubbed me the wrong way yesterday. Um, I know we were, you know, I was getting trolled a little bit by you and some others in the Slack channel because I wanted to watch NBA all weekend instead of the NFL playoffs. You know, I'm not a huge NFL guy. Um, <laughs> so I did, I did get a chance to catch up on a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of teams. I, I may have been one of the few people on League Pass, but um, it was, it, it, it's, been, it's been good. So excited to get into the division and uh, some other stuff today. Yeah, you did miss a lot uh, for the NFL playoffs, Zach. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I think the only exciting game was the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys just because the way the game ended and how the Cowboys are just going to Cowboys every single uh, year. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's on brand for SGPN to see the Cowboys uh, have a pretty good season in the NFC East and then just get bounced in the first game of uh, the NFL playoffs. So that was exciting to see. yeah, man, just some great stuff going on around the NBA. I mean, there's unfortunately some injuries uh, that we'll touch on here in a, in a second. Um, but again, like I said, we'll, we'll dive into the Northwest Division uh, here in the Western Conference. So, Zach, let's just dive into it, man. Let's start with the big news that came out this weekend uh, out of the Brooklyn Nets uh, organization. Uh, Kevin Durant left the game. I believe it was against... Um, Oh man, I didn't see who it was against uh, that he left the game. It was our last game against the Pelicans. It was against New Orleans, yeah, New Orleans. yeah, Pelicans, and um, got the news the next day after he got an MRI done that he had a sprained MCL, play the same injury that uh, currently Lakers superstar Anthony Davis has. Uh, he's going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, is Kevin Durant, and uh, we were talking offline also about you know now, and you pointed the, a great stat out about the scheduling for the Brooklyn Nets and how 11 of their next 14 games are actually on the road. And for those 11 games, they're going to have Kyrie Irving play for the Brooklyn Nets. So um, I guess we can start with the injury first, uh, uh, Zach. Where does it kind of put, I guess, the Brooklyn Nets? Obviously, yeah, you have James Harden. I think the key for me is going to be one player in particular if he's going to be able to stay healthy. But what kind of came up to your mind once you heard about the Kevin Durant news? Yeah, I think there's a ton of variables here, obviously. I mean, I think at first, a lot of people were going to – I mean, first of all, it happened in the middle of the NFL playoff weekend, so it was kind of quiet on the timeline. And I was – I mean, I'm a huge Kevin Durant fan. I was really eagerly awaiting the results of the MRI, which came Sunday morning. And I think the four- to six-week diagnosis, if, if that's all it is, this is probably a best-case scenario. It looked like a pretty bad tweak. It wasn't the result of his condition, his conditioning or him playing too much, right? It was a freak injury, a fall of another player onto his leg. You know, it wasn't a, you know, getting up and, and pulling a hammy because he had, te- you know, was carrying too much of a load for the team. So off the bat, that I don't really criticize the Nets organization. And yeah, like you said, Kyrie Irving coming back in the fold. I mean, there's so many variables here. And we talked about this before. Do the Nets even want to be the number one seed in the East if you're not going to have Kyrie at home anyways in the playoffs? Like, wouldn't you maybe rather be on the road, especially in a series against like, the Bucs that are the Heat that you would think would go six, seven games and you want to get the most out of Kyrie Irving? So I think that's an interesting variable here. Like, how worried do they have to really be about pushing 
to get that number one seed, um, which could potentially put them at a disadvantage by guaranteeing home court. I mean, it's such a strange situation. And yeah, like you said, James Harden going to have to rise up back to the NBA, uh, MVP level. I was just watching a little bit of this Nets-Cavs game that's on right now. Yeah. I think Kyrie was definitely looking a little bit more aggressive. And I put this in the Slack channel. I, mean, I think as Kyrie starts to work his way back in, especially with KD and Harden, then you have other guys that have played well. You could tell he's in his head a little bit as is like natural for human psychology. When you come back into the fold, you don't want to be shooting every single time, but we know how dynamic a scorer Kyrie Irving can be. So hopefully he does look to be a little bit more aggressive and kind of find himself, you know, with KD out. It opens up a ton of opportunity on the ball for other nets. Um, I look at maybe Cam Thomas as a guy who's going to have to come along and carry more of a scoring load as a guy that can put the ball in the deck himself. You know, they're now, they're starting Kessler Edwards and Dayron Sharp. I mean, it's really I saw today, I mean, this, they're on their 22nd starting lineup of the year already at yeah. the halfway point, so most in the NBA. So I credit Steve Nash and how much he does like the mix and match in the regular season to kind of try to find what works. Um, but just a tough injury. I mean, I, 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 I think if KD does come back in six weeks, this could be one of those blessing in disguise type injuries. Um, but it's obviously going to be tough without him. And we're going to really see where James Harden is at in this superstar ranking. I mean, I think if he's one of the hardest players to kind of pin down, how good is he right now? Like he hasn't struggled to start this year. He was obviously a main target or talking point with regard to the rule changes that seemed to have subsided a little bit. He is getting back to the free throw line, but he doesn't look that explosive. So we're going to see kind of where James is at. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it and, and prayers up to KD is obviously a scary injury, but if it's just four to six, I mean, that's probably a best case scenario for, for uh, how bad it, it, it could have been. And um, we're going to really, we're going to see a lot of different um, factors come to play with, with, with the Nets. And um, yeah, Kyrie getting the chance to play 11 on the next 14. So um, it, it's going to be interesting and just hope that KD comes back at full strength when he does come back. Yeah, I think uh, blessing in disguise for sure. I think that, you know, luckily for KD that, I mean, injuries are part of the game. We know that. And, and guys, you know, we, we yep. see from Steph Curry, Draymond Green, we'll touch on here in a second, and, you know, other superstars being in and out of the lineup, John Morant, that this injury came before the playoffs, right? And I think that for this Brooklyn Nets yep. team, um, you're going to need all three guys if you're going to make that championship run this season in the Eastern Conference. And, yeah, I don't think seating matters. When you have these three guys and they're healthy, uh, that's I think that's all that's going to matter, right? It's going to be very difficult for other teams in the Eastern Conference to beat a, a team that has Kevin Durant, James Harden, um, and Kyrie Irving on this roster, as well as the role players. I think the one guy that I'm really looking at to kind of stay healthy for them and really contribute is going to be LaMarcus Aldridge because you yeah. know the, the, the pick and roll that him and James Harden run, that he's pretty much automatic from knocking down those mid-range jump shots. You know, I think he's going to be crucial. Uh, also rebounding the basketball and at least, you know, providing some type of rim protection for the um, – Brooklyn Nets in the absence of Kim Durant. So, you know, Zach, I think it's going to be a team effort, right? It's going to be have to be led by Kyrie Irving and James Harden as your your leaders now, your scorers for this team, and then other guys like you mentioned, like Daron Sharp and uh, Kessler Edwards and Patty Mills, the veteran leadership there, and you have other veterans and Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, even Bruce Brown got some run uh, um, today against the Cleveland Cavaliers, at least in his first half for now, and he, he was pretty effective, right? Um, he had two steals. Um, the plus minus right now isn't there for him. He's at minus 13 on the box score. But uh, like I said, it's going to take a, 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 a team effort from Brooklyn Nets going forward um, until they get, uh, sorry, Kevin Durant back for the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just looking forward to hopefully getting everyone back healthy for the playoffs, like you said. Yeah. Um, and it's going to just be a dynamic situation with the Kyrie. Uh, you know, don't want to comment on on that, whatever it is, but – 
yeah. it's going to be really interesting to follow like how this all shakes out down the stretch. You know, you have Zach Levine injured right now. Drew Howard has been out of the lineup. Bam Adebayo is coming out. So, you know, the the top of the East, those top four seeds, going to be really intriguing to see how that shakes out. And in that second round, I mean, I think Miami, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, I would put them in a tier above Chicago in terms of who I wouldn't want to face in that second round. But, like, if those four teams do get through, like, you're going to see some – Someone gets going to get the Bulls and be probably pretty happy that they're not in that other series. Like if you look at like a Milwaukee Miami second round series, that's going to be a bloodbath. Um, yeah. You know, Brooklyn Milwaukee, Brooklyn Miami, obviously. So it's going to be really intriguing to see how that shakes out. And the Nets, I think they'll have a good opportunity to stay above water, but it's going to take, like you said, you know, all these guys stepping up to to fill the void without KD. Yeah, like you mentioned, the top four teams in the Eastern Conference all have dealt with injuries. Uh, you know, yeah. we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets right now, and now Zach Levine without. Uh, sorry, the Chicago Bulls without Zach Levine. Miami Heat have had a plethora of injuries of guys being in and out of the lineup. And here they are in the three seed, only one yep. game back of that number one seed. So definitely a team to keep an eye on. And then Milwaukee Bucks, you know, uh, Drew Halliday hasn't been there for most of the season here. He's still dealing with some uh, injuries there also as well. So, um, you know, one, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this race down the stretch, uh, Zach, as these first four seeds are um, only two games apart. Go all the way down to the sixth seed where the Cavs are currently one through six is separated by two and a half games. So this race in the Eastern Conference is going to be a lot of fun for sure. Um, let's move over to the Western Conference. Uh, another injury that's, I think it's, people know about, but I think it's really affecting this team is Draymond Green for the Golden State Warriors. And yeah, no, I talked about this on the Slack channel as well as um, on the podcast um, a couple or last week. And I said, Draymond Green, I think, is, is just so important for the Golden State Warriors. Number one, because he pretty much runs that offense. He officiates that offense. He gets the guys in the right spots. And it, it, it's a different dynamic for when this team doesn't have Draymond Green on the floor and when they do have him on the floor. Because when he's not on the floor, that responsibility then falls on the shoulders of Steph Curry and Steph Curry at that point is not able to without the basketball, you know, make the cuts that he does and, and, and come off the screens and spot up for those three point shots. Now he's the one that has to set up his teammates and then get this offense going. So it's, it's a little bit different now without Draymond green, but um, kind of looking at right now, you know, Golden State Warriors are kind of in that funk and all teams go through this in the entirety of a season, right? There's going to be times where, you know, teams are looking really good where they've wheeled off seven, eight, nine, ten 10 wins in a row. There's going to be slumps, and I think that's where the Golden State Warriors are right now. Number one, working Clay back into the fold, and then also not uh, having Draymond Green. But what have you kind of seen the impact of this injury to Draymond Green have on the effect uh, or the effect on the Warriors right now? Yeah, I, I'm on board with you as well. That Draymond Green, I mean, we know about the defense, and and you can't understate he's you know the best defender in the, in the NBA, yeah. um, and, and he's so key on the defensive end. But we're oddly enough, I think they can kind of muster up the defense without him. Sure. And they have other nice defensive pieces. Offensively, he's so irreplaceable. Um, and it's kind of underrated how much he is the engine of that offense. Like you said, you know, the other guys they're bringing in can't replicate what he does. And then the load that he takes off of Steph Curry. Um, I was definitely getting on my high horse a little bit with my, you know, anti-Warriors last week saying, you know, I would take the Lakers over them in the, in the, in a playoff series. You were definitely on the other side of that. Uh, I think, you know, I, I did actually, I had a scheduled tweet or I, I had a tweet that I, I fired. I t tweeted it. It didn't go through. And mm -hmm. I, it, I got lucky because they, that night they came out of nowhere and absolutely blew the doors off the bulls and the tweet never got sent out, but it was something <laughs> along the lines of the, and then the Lakers probably got 
blown out by the Nuggets, um, yeah. so that that never made its way into the into the uh, into the atmosphere. Um, but yeah, this Draymond injury, um, it you have another one of these reevaluations, quote unquote. So you know we don't necessarily know when he's going to be back. It says two weeks for a reevaluation. He's already missed about what three three four games here. Um, yeah, and yeah, struggle without him. Obviously, Steph missing that Wolves game. You know they weren't going to win that without Steph either. And I think for the Warriors, what's interesting is that it just kind of adds more time until we truly kind of figure out what this team is, right? We talk about how without Clay, they're gonna it's gonna take two to three weeks to figure them out. But now you're missing Draymond too, so you're kind of working Clay back without Draymond, and then you're gonna get all three of them together. I mean, Draymond and Clay haven't played a game together, obviously, with that you know prop controversy game where Draymond started then fouled out in the Clay yeah. intro game. So it just kind of adds more and more uncertainty to them. I think. For me, with the Warriors, it's like, and and that that Bulls game was I was impressed. Like they came out of nowhere, and, and Zach Levine missed that game, but they blew the doors off the Bulls at a point when I think myself and a lot of people were starting to try to say, okay, you know, are the Warriors in a slump? How real is this? And I think a lot of people have been saying, you know, don't panic with regard to the Warriors. I think where I kind of, and I, I'm not panicking regarding them, but I think where I kind of was on the on the flip side of that was like when they started the year, you know, eighteen and three or whatever. Nobody said don't overreact to this, right? And I think I think you know you were definitely high on them coming in the year, so I, I appreciate it coming from you to say not panic because you thought this team was that good. Yeah. But you look at their win total coming in the year. I think they were like fifth or sixth in the West, if I, if I recall correctly. They're fourth or fifth. Um, uh, yeah. And like I when they check. when they mm-hmm. yeah when they blew out the doors and they were the number one seed in the West, nobody was really saying like don't overreact. Water's going to find its level. They're somewhere closer to the middle of the pack. Now they're playing more like that middle of the West team. And people are saying, don't panic. I mean, I'm always fascinated by kind of how public opinion on these teams shifts, um, especially in terms of the day-to-day betting. But for me, I think the Warriors are they're going to be okay. But Steph needs to get back on track. And yep. without Draymond, that gets a little bit harder. So, And then the, the whole Clay Thompson experience, I mean, it's only been, what, four, three, four games. I don't want to overreact. But, like, right. it's kind of just, like, nebulous right now. He's shooting a lot. They, they've been kind of quiet. I mean, they got blown out by the Bucs, and they blow out the Bulls, and then they go to Minnesota in a game that I don't think anybody watched because it was up against the NFL playoffs. So yeah. uh, tomorrow night they do get the Pistons at home, and that'll be a standalone game. So hopefully we'll get a better look at, you know, Steph and Clay together. But, yep. you know, you're going to wait for Clay to get normal and then hopefully get Draymond back. But just another team that's going to be kind of in a little bit of a wave of uncertainty, and they got to kind of hold on because I think home court advantage is going to be really important, especially – with the fact that there are kind of three teams in the West that I'd be scared of. I think that one seed's really important, and it looks like Phoenix might run away with that. But especially if you're in that 2-3 matchup, likely with Utah, you know, you want home court there. So kind of I went a little bit longer there, but but the Draymond injury is just a little bit. Um, hopefully he's back sooner than later, and he's really important to their team. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the season-long defensive rating, if you take a look at the season-long stats, the uh, Golden State Warriors are still number one with a rating of 102.6. But if I filter it down to over the last four games where Draymond has missed, they drop all the way down to number 11 with a rating of 109.2. And offensively, the net rating is right now is minus point, or sorry, minus one over the last four games without Draymond Green. So offense hasn't tumbled that much, but it's more been on the defensive side of the basketball for the Golden State Warriors over the last four games where they are one in three without Draymond. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, we're going to be able to see Clay Thompson and Steph Curry kind of get, you know, some run together here once, you know, Steph Curry returns uh, tomorrow night here on, or sorry, on Tuesday night um, against the Detroit Pistons. And the, the minutes are starting to creep up slowly but surely for Clay Thompson. And like we said, I think 
And it's going to take two, three weeks for Clay to look like Clay again, or at least get up to game speed um, for him, you know, coming off of missing 900 plus days in the NBA and playing an NBA regular season game and yeah. dealing with the two injuries that he had, it, it'll take some time. So I'm not, not worried about it. I think that this is another team that wants to get Draymond back and Clay's up to speed again. Who knows? This might be another team, Zach, that we see that can reel off another 10 wins in a row and, and be right back at number one seed. Currently looking after schedule, they do have um, the fifth easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so again, something to definitely keep an eye on for sure as we kind of progress through the season and uh, getting past the halfway point. What's here. uh what's Phoenix at in the strength of the schedule ranking? So Phoenix, so it goes uh, Golden State, and then above them is Boston, Denver, and then Phoenix. So Phoenix is twenty third, um, and then Golden State is twenty six. So not much separating the two teams. I mean, that could change on a daily basis once you know these teams are playing stellar competition and then not playing stellar competition. Yeah, and and so it kind of averages and, out. Yeah, and and you know we'll talk about this team next, but the, the Warriors are are lucky that their Draymond absence corresponded with the Rudy Gobert absence, where the Jazz looked awful. Yeah, one hundred percent, and they got him. <laughs> yeah. They got Rudy back last night, um, and they absolutely uh, uh, bounced the Denver Nuggets in a I think a twenty three point victory. So, uh, any other injury news or things you've seen around the league uh, you want to touch on here, Zach? Uh, no, let's let's get into the Northwest. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here, buddy. We'll come back, uh, hear from our sponsors, and we'll dive into the Northwest Division. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5 and win $400 in free bets. Win a trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and $5,000 in travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross are brought to you by PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are finally here, and prop, swap, prop swappers are cashing in. Like Steve from Tennessee, who last week sold his $250, 100-1 Patriot Super Bowl ticket for $2,500 on PropSwap. Steve locked in his profit when he turned his $250 bet into $2,500. The buyer got great odds, and the seller made 10 times his bet. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash, cash match. 
Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, we covered the Southwest Division in the Western Conference last week. This week, we're going to take on the Northwest Division. And uh, Zach, let's dive into it here. So uh, let's start here with the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Northwest Division. Uh, Currently, the updated win total number for the OKC Thunder is 26.5. The juice towards the over at minus 120 the season uh, preseason total was 23 and a half. Currently, um, the, uh, I'm sorry, the Oklahoma City Thunder are sitting at a record of, let's see here, 14 and 28. Uh, they are just a game and a half above the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference uh, for that last seed there, or sorry, the last, yeah, the last seed there. But um I guess we can start with what we thought with this team coming into the season, obviously with Shea Gilkis Alexander signing the, the max contract with the Thunder, them drafting Josh Giddy, had some other pieces, uh, Lou Dort, who also improved from year over year with the shooting as well and a great defensive player. But Zach, what are kind of your thoughts coming into the season for the Thunder? Then we could tackle what, we, what we've seen so far. Yeah, I think I uh, just want to give a lot of credit to uh, this coaching staff. <laughs> like I, they're just playing better than, especially like the big, the big picture around this team, right. Is that they're doing the, the Sixers process essentially, right. They are mm-hmm. just like selling everything, accumulating all these draft picks and they're trying to suck and they're trying to hit it big in the draft. And meanwhile, they're putting together a much better or not a much better, but, but a, a better encore product than the kind of teams of their ilk, which I would say is Houston, Orlando or Detroit. Like, and then if you look at the overall league net rating, right. OKC, Houston, Orlando, and Detroit are the only teams in the NBA with a net rating lower than negative five. You know, above that, you get to the Blazers and the Pelicans at negative 4.6 and negative 4.3, respectively. But OKC does lead that pack. They're sitting at a negative seven right now. And at 14 and 28, I mean, I think when you look at them in terms of the rest of the year, I just wonder how aggressive they're going to be in terms of trying to get as good of lottery odds as they possibly can. Because, you know, right now, and they do have Shea Gildas, uh, locked up, I believe, on you know, in town on a new contract. So yeah. you kind of do owe it to him to play hard when he's out there. Um, but the kind of overall scope of this franchise, they really need to hit it big in the lottery. And I think if you're looking at the team the rest of the year, that you might want to fade or that might be resting guys a lot um, or might be selling off any good player they can at the deadline other than their key young pieces. To me, that would be OKC. Um, and I've just been impressed with them. You know, they're, they're, they compete every night. You know, they're a team that I like to play as an underdog. Um, and, and they seem like they're kind of almost in every game until like there's five minutes left and they somehow find a way to lose. They are second best in the NBA outside of Cleveland against the spread. Yeah. Uh, 27, 14 and one against the spread. Um, it's just really impressive. Like they are just continue to exceed expectations, play hard. So you got to give a huge credit to, uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, Dagnalt or yeah, Mark Dagnalt. Um, mm-hmm. You're right. As, yeah, the coaching staff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, when I look at this team right now, I mean, Kenrich Williams, the guy I've been really impressed with this year as a sort of a gritty three and D type player, him on the court this year in uh, 742 minutes, positive net rating for this team. Um, wow. Just super impressive as well as Mike Mascala, you know, a positive net rating when he's on the floor in almost 500 minutes. Um, so, you know, they have, there's a couple of vets. I think I could see them selling off. And, you know, in terms of on the individual level, I, I just, you know, Josh Giddy's a guy who's still figuring it out, but I love the flashes he's shown. Uh, I think a Giddy, Shea, 
backcourt of the future could be just like super dynamic, super big, um, and, and could be kind of a weird but really fun grouping. So I've been really encouraged by this team. And um, at 14 and 28, I mean, if we're looking at a win total the rest of the year, they'd be a team that I'd like to get a little bit more aggressive um, in terms of in terms of going the other direction, right? And they are they are two and eight in their last 10 here. So working that a little bit, but um you know, it's it's been impressive. And just be at 14 and 28, it looks like they will eclipse that preseason win total. So I've been impressed with them and especially their coaching staff. Yeah, obviously, you know, you talk about the young piece. SGA is only 23 years old right now. Josh Giddy is 19 years old. Um, Duke, Lou Dort, surprisingly, only 22 years old. So those are some, some cornerstone yeah. pieces for this organization going forward. And like you said, yeah, they have some veterans that they can probably trade off or or wave or or buy out. You know, guys like Derek Favors, a team that probably maybe wants like a backup center or some added depth at the end of the bench. You know, that's a guy that they can have. Um, but yeah, I've been impressed with this team as well. They've been a darling against the spread, like you mentioned. I was going to mention that, but I'm glad that you did. That this team is second in the NBA against against the spread, right behind the Cleveland Cavaliers at 27, 14, and one. And they've been balanced both at home against the spread and at home. Oh, sorry, on the road. Uh, they're number four in the entire league at home with a record of 14-7-1 against the spread. And then on the road, they are number three in the entire league at 13-7. and seven. So definitely competing every single night behind SGA, Lou Dort, and, and some of the other pieces of, as well as Josh Giddey. So um, kind of, you know, looking into the future for this team, obviously uh, tons and tons of draft capital. But at what point do you think that they – cash in on these on this all this draft capital that they have obviously they're probably be a team that's going to have a top five pick this year um but at what point do you make the move to maybe get into a top three or try to trade up to get that number one uh, number one overall pick yeah I, I think it's it's a tough decision to make right because they have so many they have so many draft picks that they're not going to be able to develop all these guys and give them the reps that they need to develop, right? Like they're going to have to make some consolidation type moves. You know, I think last year they were rumored potentially to be looking at trying to go get Cade Cunningham, especially after he played his college ball at Oklahoma state yeah. um, this year. I mean, it's, it looks like it's less of a one player draft. Like, and there are multiple guys that could potentially go at one. So it could be interesting. I mean, I think what this terms of what this team needs, they are the worst shooting team, worst three point shooting team in the NBA this year. Um, 31.3% from three. I think that's going to make it even tougher to develop guards on this team. If you don't space out around them. Um, we talked about this in the Slack channel, like with uh, the Kelly Olynyk signing for Detroit and how that was the idea behind that. To try to get more shooting around Cade, help him out. So I would like to see a little bit more shooting um, around Giddy and Shea to give them more opportunities, but they also have to kind of do some internal evaluation. I mean, as much as I love Shea and as much as I love Giddy, do you think that either of those guys have it in them to be the best player on like a top four seed playoff team? I, I think both those guys may project more as twos or threes in terms of a team pecking order than, than a true one, which is what makes the opportunity to potentially trade and bring somebody into OKC a little more intriguing. I think Shea has the potential to be a number one or the number one option. You know, if you see. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have not seen uh, this guy play. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's the Oklahoma too. City market. But if you do get a chance to play, you you have to watch this guy. You know, go out there and play basketball because I think that certainly has the potential to be a, a number one option. I think that he obviously would need a co number one option as well. But definitely think uh, that Shea certainly has the potential to carry a team. Uh, obviously, right now he can't do it alone. They need to add another superstar, like you mentioned, Zach. But um, yeah, I think that this team is is. Um, trending in the right direction as far as building for the future 
with uh, the corner pieces that they have and all the draft capital. So it'll be interesting to see when, at what point they kind of do cash in or make some trades, uh, whether it's in the draft or, or for another player here in the NBA. So, um, yeah, definitely a team to uh, look out for. Um, to wrap up the Oklahoma City Thunder here, Zach, we have the current win total listed at 26 and a half with at minus, uh, sorry, the over at minus 120. Um, I think this number is kind of spot on, but are you leaning one way or the other for this team on their win total? I would lean under um, just because I think for their own sake, they it's just all about maximizing the future, but they seem to be competing. So it does seem kind of dead on. You're right. I mean, that'll be what, 12 more wins the rest of the year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it seems kind of right on. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. We saw with the process in Philly, right? They were super obvious about it, and the rest of the league didn't really like it, and it resulted in Sam Hankey kind of getting exiled. Like, Sam Presti's kind of doing it in a more tasteful way. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it's, going to be inter- it's going to be interesting to kind of see where that goes. Um, but, yeah, it's also yeah, I think it's a little different this year. It's not a one-player draft, right? Like, some people like Jabari Smith. Some people like Chet. Some people like Paolo. So it's not, you know, that number one overall – uh, maybe not as desirable as typical, but yeah. for a team like OKC with all the capital they have to potentially trade, maybe they have a ton of conviction about one guy fitting in with their group that they would want to go get. So it could be interesting if they do make a trade. So I would say, you know, r- right on, but lean under. Yeah, definitely. I think that eventually you might see SGA shut down for the season or yeah. a SGA three to four to six week injury away from this number getting under. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely leaving towards the under here. Let's move on to the next team here, Zach. Probably one of the most uh, disappointing teams in the entire NBA, but not only in this division, it's the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, their regular season win total was at 44.5 before the season started. Currently the updated number, 34.5 for the Portland Trailblazers over at minus 120. Um, Currently they are sitting... In the Western Conference, let's see here, in the number 10 spot, right in that play-in tournament at 17 and 25. Uh, tale of two cities here. Number one, they lose their superstar, Damian Lillard, for about, I think, a four to six uh, or I think up to eight weeks after he uh, opted for surgery to fix an abdominal issue. But they also get C.J. McCollum back here uh, today on Martin Luther King Day to their lineup. But I think both you and I, or at least I was for sure, was very high coming in on this team um, of the Portland Trailblazers. You know, that we I like the addition of Larry Nance Jr. Uh, on this roster, giving them some front court depth. Uh, they re-signed Norman Powell in the offseason as well, but just really hasn't come into fruition yet. I think that having a new coaching staff with Chauncey Billis may have to do a lot of things with, or a lot to do with that, but they've also had guys in and out of the lineup as well. And one of the more disappointing teams here in the NBA so far, Zach. Yeah, I Definitely thought they could be a post-hype sleeper this year and a team that would be like just as good as they've been at the top half of the Western Conference a team that has not borne out at all. And if you were backing them on the spread, I mean, they're, I think, the second or second or third worst team against the spread this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've just completely struggled. And, and we said this last time we talked about them. The roster is pretty stale. Um, and now you have Dame and CJ injured, and they're kind of starting to bubble up a little bit more and more in terms of the the trade conversations. You know, could they potentially be leaning towards a, a blow up rebuild? Um, 
you know, in terms of the rest of the year, what's concerning for me, they played eight more home games than road games uh, already. And, and they're 17 and 25 and they're three and 14 on the road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, that, that does not bode well for the rest of the season, how things are going to go, especially with Dame and CJ. CJ is supposed to be back pretty soon, but Dame continuing to miss time. And Dame's another one of those quote unquote reevaluations, right? Where we don't actually know what the ultimate decision is going to be um, in terms of, could he be shut down for the year? Um, something like that. And, and obviously he's that number one sort of prize possession on the trade market. So to me, Portland been really disappointing. Haven't really gotten too creative with their additions. We've said this before, the Larry Nance stuff, like hasn't really been that, that exciting. Um, and even like a guy like Norm Powell, who came in late last season and was an exciting addition, like seems like there's been some talk of potentially him wanting out uh, or, or maybe wanting a new destination. He's averaging 18 points. Um, but so, it's just been a tough year for Portland and um, I, I would probably continue to fade them down the stretch. I don't really see this turning around in terms of bright spots. Uh, you got to be happy with the development of Ant Simon, especially recently. Yeah. It's a guy who's playing really, really well. Um, I don't know if people have been on him in the player prop market, but he's been balling out recently, averaging 24 game in his last 10, yeah. along with seven assists, you know, the three balls falling. Um, so if he can kind of emerge, maybe he is a, he's might be kind of a pivot piece for their franchise, right? Cause he could be used to go get somebody else to bring in alongside CJ and Dame, or he could be a guy that, you know, you're bringing in more young pieces to build with, to build something new with Simons. Uh, and Nazir Little's a guy who's played well as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of a nice twitchy three and D piece. So there are a couple nice pieces, nice young pieces emerging that complicate this picture for Portland. And it's really just, you know, they, they obviously fired Neil O'Shea after that internal investigation. So there's so much in flux with this franchise right now. And they are definitely trying to thread the needle between, you know, honoring Dame's legacy, which he's earned and, you know, he's earned the right to kind of end his career there and keep them competitive and keep them trying to win each year. But they also, it's not working right now. So it's, it's been a very depressing year for Portland and, you know, like I said, three and fourteen on the road with eight more home games already played than road games. So schedule is not getting friendlier. So I, they would be a fade for me down the stretch. And overall, been a bad year. Like I said, they're the, they're the worst team in the NBA outside of the OKC, Houston, Orlando, Detroit outright. You know, future oriented teams. Yeah, and I think that the one thing that you mentioned, and we talked about this earlier in the year with the Portland Trailblazers, was that the, uh, the, the, the splits, the, 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 the against the spread uh, splits of home and road for the Portland Trailblazers were, it's a night and day difference. And I'm glad that you highlighted it, that this team at home so far this season against the spread are 12 and 13, cut them right at 500, but they are the worst road team against the spread in, t- in the entire organization at four and 13 overall and straight up, uh, for this, sorry, this Blazers team, and you know, at a point, it's gonna have to come to a decision. Zach, is that what do you want to do? Whether it's you're gonna yeah. be mediocre for until Damian Lillard decides to retire, because right now it doesn't seem like they're willing to make the, the significant moves to bring on another superstar alongside Damian Lillard. And Damian Lillard's like, okay, well, if you're not gonna do that, then just pay me for being here. And he wants like, a, I mean, I think we saw the rumors that he wants fifty million dollars a year. Um, my question for this organization is that do we still think that CJ McCollum is a true number two that can carry this team in the playoffs? For me, I don't think it is, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on CJ McCollum as a number two next to Damian Lillard. Yeah, uh, CJ, I mean, he hasn't been on the court in so long. I don't want to speak in broad strokes, but it does, it seems like his day, his days as a true number two are over, right? Like, yeah, you know, 
I remember I remember in the bubble when he like he was killing John Morant and he and he and he was saying John Morant can't hold him like you know that those days are those days yeah. are long gone for <laughs> CJ you know he's only played in, in 24 games and obviously had this scary injury um, before that it, it wasn't great right he's he kind of showing some signs of aging you know still at 20 points that's down from 23 a year ago you know uh, the the shooting efficiencies down you know he's down to 52 percent true shooting this year you know back from 57 last year so like below average efficiency for cj so it seems like you know i still think he's a great he's a good player and sure. if you get him in the playoffs if you get him in the playoffs this year like there's no doubt that he could be a, a contributing contributing player in the playoffs this year but you see the trend signs going down and that that adds to what you what you were just saying is that like what do they want to do as a franchise right damon cj is not enough right now you know, if you get in the playoffs, like I probably wouldn't want to face this team in the play-in this year, even with all the yeah. negative we're saying around them. Like if you get Dame and CJ in the play-in, um, like against a Minnesota or a Sacramento type team, like I think we would probably be taking Portland just because of the pedigree they have and the fact they've been there before and these guys can rise to the occasion in one game. But if you look at the long-term trend signs, they're going the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, you know, out notwithstanding, you know, Ant, and, and, and Simons and Nazir Little and maybe even Chauncey Bills as a head coach. I think I, I I'm not out on that hire at all. Um, so yeah, they're just kind of caught in the middle and and they're on the wrong side of the aging curve um, with a bad year right now. Like it's not like they are a team where you know like I, I you know an example is not coming to my head right now. Like like a Jimmy Butler type who is you know maybe on the wrong side of the aging curve, but he's playing his best basketball right now and he's like going to get a going to try to win a chip this year. The Blazers yeah. are on the wrong side of the aging curve and they're out of the playoff picture right now and they're, they're trending down with injuries fit them at the wrong time. So to me, I, I think they're this is headed towards a rebuild, right? Like I mean seems we, like we, we could talk yeah. yeah, we could talk about it. We could talk around it. And I think this year they might not go for it, but like Dame is not bringing a, a championship to Portland, as, as sad as that is to say. Yeah. Cause it's looked like it's looked like he's been knocking on the door, potentially gonna have a dirk like career. It seems like the ship has sailed on that, you know, barring something unforeseen or or a big trade of some sort. And and Philly, I don't think Philly would do a Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum trade right now, right? No. Like, I, I, if I'm from the Sixers, I would need much more from Portland. Yeah, hundred percent. Again, I think this is going to be an important offseason for the Portland Trailblazers. I think it's going to come to that point where they're going to make a big splash, or you know, Damian Lillard's going to. We'll see a report that comes out and says. You know, they've mutually agreed to part ways and they're going to seek a trade for Damian Lillard. I think that's just what it's going to come down to at the end of the day because um, it's one or yep. the other right now. Like, there's no middling of the pack right now for both these teams. I'm um, oh, sorry for, for the Portland Trailblazers. But um, yeah, definitely will be interesting offseason. Currently, the updated number for the Portland Trailblazers uh, for the rest of the season, I believe, was at 34 and a half. Um, yeah, for the Portland Trailblazers. I think we're both leaning towards the under, especially with Damian Lillard out for a significant amount of time for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, any thoughts uh, or any final thoughts for the Portland Trailblazers before we move on to the next team? Um, no. Uh, I mean, is there any part of you that that thinks that they could have a chance to catch fire in the second half of the season and and sneak in the back end of the playoffs and be pesky or, or no? I think the only part that does is I'm um, looking at the strength of schedule left is that the Portland Trailblazers right now have the easiest schedule remaining. Uh, in the huh. entire NBA. Um, and again, if Damian Lillard was a part of this, we'd be having a different conversation about it, Zach. But um, right now, without Dame, there's a significant fall off after him. Now, how far can CJ McCollum, Ant Simons, Nasir Little take you? Uh, we'll find that out here in the next week or two. Um, but I think, again, it might come to a point where approaching the deadline, Zach, that 
they might be sellers if Damian Lillard yep. decides to maybe shut it down for the rest of the season. Well, if, if they're not going to be competitive this year. So um, I think that the one caveat is that they do have the easy ring schedule. Uh, let's move on to from the most disappointing team, but probably the most surprising team for me, um, maybe in the Western Conference so far, is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the win total before the season started for this team was 35 and a half. Currently updated number is 40 and a half uh, with the under juiced at minus 120. Currently the Minnesota Timberwolves are 21 and 22, the seventh seed in the Western Conference. And Zach, um, I think there was a lot of questions for me, at least. And I think we had maybe had briefly discussed this when we were previewing the Western Conference and, and win totals. And, no, we said, was there going to be a point where they're going to kind of blow up the Carl Anthony Towns, D'Lo, and Anthony Edwards um, big three, I guess, that they're trying to form here. But um, they haven't. And right now, you know, they've, again, been like every other team in the NBA where they've dealt with covid and had guys in and out of the lineup. You know, Cat was part of it, Anthony Edwards and uh, D'Angelo Russell as well as their role players. But um, where are you kind of at with this Minnesota Timberwolves team? Are you a buyer uh, on this team right now to be at least in the playoffs and be competitive, or is there some a move that they probably need to make um, to kind of improve this team um, for the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, I'm a buyer. Uh, I've, I've been, like you said, I've been very impressed with the Minnesota Timberwolves and to me, in terms of the regular season, at least, I think they kind of put themselves right in that Denver Lakers tier, like in that six, seven, eight spot where they are right now. They're in seventh right now, but significantly better net rating, uh, you know, and point differential than the Lakers, who they have the same record as. Um, but what's so impressive to me is the way they're getting this done, right? I think we kind of came into the year, like you said, they were an unproven young team with some offensive pieces like Ant and, and D'Lo and Cat are all known as like offensive guys who don't play defense. And what's so impressive is like they're a positive net rating team. They're, they're 21st in offense, like they're ninth in defense. And that's just not the formula I think anyone really expected from Minnesota. And what's also encouraging about that is if they stay bought in on defense, I think we could see this offense start to kind of figure it out and click a little bit more and maybe make this team even more dangerous. Um Everyone is really bought into their role. Like, I like the way that Ant, D'Lo, and Cat have kind of coalesced around each other. Um, and, you know, Ant is someone I just love to watch. And Cat, and obviously, also having a great season offensively. You know, they're, they're still, you know, they're down at 21st in three-point shooting. If that could rise up, maybe get this offense clicking a little bit better. Um, they still, you know, Pat Bev has been nice for them, especially kind of bringing more of a defensive toughness identity. Um, so, I, I like what I've seen from this team. And I think that their direction is trending up. I mean, I think they're probably a couple of years away in terms of like being a serious playoff team, but you got to like what you've seen, especially from Chris Finch getting the most out of this team on the defensive end and starting to kind of build something in Minnesota, new ownership coming in, you know, a coach, you know, fresh, I guess been there for a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, they just made a, a well-publicized hire from clutch sports to kind of seem to improve the player experience in Minnesota. I like where this team is trending this year, as well as a, as an organization overall. I like what I'm seeing in Minnesota. Yeah, I think the number one thing that I've seen from this team, and you hit the nail on the head, was last year, this team was number 28 in defensive rating. This season, they're all the way up uh, on the season average at number nine, at 107.9. Yeah. So, you know, when you're going to start playing a, a, just a little bit of defense, you're, you're going to start seeing the results uh, yeah. like the Minnesota Timberwolves have. And right now, currently, this is number one, uh, sorry, as a number seven seed in the Western Conference. You know, outside of the big three, this team has nice pieces. Like you mentioned that the defensive intensity that Patrick Reverley brings, 
And then guys like, you know, Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, uh, Jalen Noel, Jared Vanderbilt has been a great rebounding guy. Uh, you yeah. still have Josh Okogie on this roster as well. So, you know, they made the commitment to Chris Finch uh, as their head coach. You know, they bought in on the defensive side of the basketball. And I think that you, like you said, that when you have these three, uh, at least this big three, uh, you're going to be able to win some games and put some points on the board. I do agree that they do need to get some uh, some more shooting on the wings uh, next to these guys. And, you know, we know Anthony Edwards is going to jack up as many three-pointers as he can during a game, but he's not efficiently knocking them down, right? I mean, this month he's been better um, right at 42.9%, but uh, I think that if they add another shooter or two, around these uh, guys, I think that the potential and the future is very, very bright for this Minnesota Timberwolves team. And currently for them to be number seven, uh, when we're kind of used to seeing them in that 10 to 13 range, and especially the improvements on defense is is huge for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, as we kind of approach the trade deadline here for this team, um, obviously uh, we don't have any particular names, but I think that adding shooting, like you mentioned, probably a priority for this team, Zach. Uh, but Anything else for the future outlook of this team and the updated number right now I see for the Minnesota Timberwolves is 40 and a half with the under at minus 120. Folks are kind of projecting this team to finish right around that 500 mark at 41 and 41. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of middle of the pack with the strength of schedule left. But uh, any final thoughts on this team or maybe moves that they do need to make? Yeah, I see this as a 500 team and that's kind of where they've been. I think where they're going this year, they've been obviously in the Ben Simmons rumor mill a lot. I think that would be intriguing. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I necessarily, I, I love the way D'Angelo Russell's been playing this year. Um, like he's yeah. not even shooting the ball that well. I think if you had to guess who leads this team in, in on court, uh, plus minus, you probably wouldn't guess D'Angelo Russell, but he is like, he's not having his best year, but he's really, I feel like he's kind of grown up into more of like a veteran role. Um, career high in assist this year, second, second career low in turnovers, um, you know, really getting after on a defensive end. He's bought in, seems to be kind of a nice, he is finding his role as that third banana behind Ant and Cat, kind of connecting those two. So I wouldn't necessarily want to shake things up this year because uh, I do, I do kind of like the potential. The question I think you've already started to hint at this is how do you balance shooting and defense at those other two spots alongside Cat, Ant, and D'Lo? Like, I think right now they kind of have found something with Pat Bev who can do both. And he's a luxury piece because he brings you that three and that D legitimately Um, at the four. They've struggled to find a little bit. Jaden McDaniels offensively has struggled, kind of starting to find it a little bit. And they've been better offensively in January. Um, They have scored, you know, they've been scoring recently 119 against the Warriors, you know, 108, 125, 141, 135. the last five games. So getting up, you know, in the, in that high 100. So, that is exciting for them. You know, if they can put together the, a balance of offense and defense. So I think figuring out that long-term at the four, Cat um, is a tough player to pair with in the front court, obviously, because he had a limited skill set defensively, yeah. but is so lethal at the five offensively. Um, so, you know, the Vando and, and the McDaniels fit has been good, but, you know, it, it could probably be better if you're looking at a long-term outlook for the franchise. So Ben Simmons will be intriguing. You know, there's no doubt that, that, he will be a really intriguing piece, you know, maybe at, as a power forward type in between Ant and Cat. But I wouldn't want to break things up. I think, you know, they're headed towards uh, the, the the top end of the play-in, maybe, you know, a seven or eight, and yeah. hopefully getting playoff experience. I mean, Cat has been there once, right, in that year yeah. where they had Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. and I don't recall him playing that well. And I think I recall him standing in the corner a lot in that playoff series. Yeah. Um, 
So it'll be it'll be intriguing. And, and Ant Edwards, the guy who is just continuing to get better every, every almost every time you watch him, like he is headed on that kind of Devin Booker type development path of just being one of those you know scorers that is just make this league so fun to watch on a night to night basis. Yeah, I think you uh, also mentioned that. I think that it's again for this team to get into the play-in tournament, have, just getting a taste of postseason, I think yeah. would be a huge boost for this organization, especially the young players that they have between Cat, D'Lo, and especially Anthony Edwards, who's still only 20 years old, obviously the number one overall pick out of Georgia. But, um, yeah, I think that's the next step for them is to kind of get into that play-in tournament, get that taste of postseasons. Uh, at least that postseason experience is going to be huge for them. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with everything that you said. I, I love what I've seen from the big three. And then I also love what I've seen from Jared Vanderbilt. He's been a great rebounding uh, player for this yeah. team. Um, my question is, do you think that if a trade came along for, I don't know, the team said, hey, I'll give you a second round pick or another player for a guy like Pat Beverly, do you see him on this roster at, at that point? I would keep Pat Bev if, if I were them. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think – like you said, the, the experience and the value of establishing a winning culture, sure. they're not OKC, right? They're a little bit closer. I think I, I would be more I would be more concerned with going all in this year and trying to get suck as much juice out of the season as you can. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. Yeah. Currently, like we said, number seven in the Western Conference, uh, right above that uh, play in tournament line. And uh, let's wrap it up with the regular season win total here. Uh, Zach, they are currently at 40 and a half over or under for the rest of the season. And I'll take a look at what their um, strength of schedule. They're right in the middle of the pack, uh, right at number 14 uh, with the strength of schedule left. But I think I'll lean towards it over here to finish them at around 40, 41, 41, 42 to 40, something like that. Yeah, I'm going to go over. I'm going to say they finish at 42 and 40. There we go. All right. So let's move over to the next team that is near and dear to uh, Zach here. That's going to be the Denver Nuggets. Uh, currently, the Denver Nuggets are number six in the Western Conference at 22 and 20. Looking at their preseason win total, it was set at 40, sorry, 47 and a half. The updated number right now, 43 and a half uh, under minus 125. And for the Denver Nuggets, this season, it's just been all about injuries for this team, right? They they knew that they, they weren't going to have Jamal Murray. They lost uh, last season to a torn ACL. Then also Michael Porter Jr. went down. I did see a report that said they haven't ruled uh, the possibility of being him being out for the entire season. But right now, it's it, it's it's pretty much the Joker. Um, and I know you'll get into some of the role players here, but it seems like to me that <laughs> uh, the Joker is playing at a better and a higher level than he was last season when he won the MVP, Zach. And uh, Denver Nuggets, man, what do you think what's going on with this team and, and how they performed with all the injuries that they've dealt with? Yeah, Jokic, I mean, you can't say it's, – it's almost impossible to kind of say enough about him, right? Like he's so freaking good and by himself basically willing this team to be that slightly above average team that we've seen them become. Um, and I think their consistency, their consistency this year has been nice to kind of get a handle on. Like I, I really do right now. They're in that, they're in that six spot right behind Dallas. 
I, I really do see them as kind of exactly that going forward the rest of the year, like kind of bridging the gap between maybe that top five in the West. We've seen Dallas play a lot better and those playing teams in Minnesota, the Lakers, that type of thing for regular season purposes. Um, and, and Jokic is just carrying them. I mean, you know, anyone who's who's been following the NBA has heard about the, you know, these on off metrics with Jokic on the court, how good he's this team is playing. Um, and then when he sits, this bench has really struggled um, and they've had injuries, you know, obviously, you know, PJ Dozier going down wasn't wasn't great for them. And Michael yeah. Porter Jr. stresses everybody out. Uh, Jeff and Jamichael Green have both missed a ton of time. So they're 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 kind of they're 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 continually trying to tweak and just find something here to stay alive until you can get Jamal Murray back and Michael Porter Jr. back. Um, so yeah, to me, I mean, I, I I see them kind of continuing to tread water as we go along. Aaron Gordon's had a really nice year this year at fourteen five and and fourteen five. You know, three assists. Um, playing great defense when he's given the opportunity to guard the best players in this league. Um, Will Barton, as much as I know that's going to piss you off, he's kind of stepped up, <laughs> although he's slowed down off of how good he was in the beginning of the year. Um, he slowed down a bit. Monte Morris playing well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, 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 some of these swings in, in these games have been shocking. Like we've been talking about, you know, fading the Nuggets in the second half. They finally got over the hump in that Lakers game. I don't know what that says about the Lakers. That like the Lakers were, were, were the, the Lakers were the team where the Nuggets found themselves in the second half against them. Um, and as, as I was as I was reaching a peak with my Lakers hype, um, but yeah, it's, and 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 the the idea of getting Jamal back and that is looking like potentially late February, early March. So with chance to ramp up a bit before the playoffs, I mean, I think this team, you know, they're not, they're not, not a title contender, but like if they do draw Memphis in the first round, if they can get in that five, four, or, you know, even in the six, three, like I wouldn't want to face this team in the first round. Um, so, you know, I, I see them and what's their uh, win total at going forward. Currently their updated win total for the Denver Nuggets is 43 and a half with the under at minus minus one twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, so that that they're twenty two and twenty right now. I I think I see them at like a forty four and thirty eight team. So I, I would lean a shade over there. But um, what, what's also so underrated about Jokic? I mean, I don't want to jinx anything here, but his durability and his ability to play every night at a high level has been really impressive. Um, you know, he's the one guy. Obviously, they couldn't survive him going down. Um, but I just think they really need an infusion of talent on this roster. Whether that comes internally from Jamal Murray and Porter Jr where that comes internally from Bones Highland contender to figure it out. He's played a little bit better. He had 27 points against that Laker. Can he be a, 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 a bigger guy? But they are rumored to potentially be buyers at the trade deadline. And I, I would understand that if they want to bring in another, you know, quality piece, where it's a high-end bench piece or a low-end starter to kind of just fill out this rotation a little bit more until they can get their, get all their horses back. So I've been impressed with them. Um, stunning injury bad luck you know guys falling down covid every everywhere and every team's gone through that but Jokic has led them through it and it's been impressive i mean it's just one of those it's one of those tough what could have been you know how good they were playing last year before jamal murray got hurt um but i expect them to be in the playoffs i expect them to be a tough out and i expect them to continue playing around exactly as how good they've been playing this year and um you know, the commitment on the defensive end from Jokic has been pretty underrated. He's been really good defensively this year, and that's allowed them to, um, you know, stabilize even without as many offensive weapons as they're used to having around him. Yeah, I mean, I think that right now Jokic is uh, leading the entire league in player efficiency rating at 32.71. Yeah. And that's uh, in front of guys like Giannis, Joel Embiid, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. So, um 
Yeah, I think that the role players and the, they, they've really stepped up in the uh, absence of guys like Jamal Murray and MPJ. Yeah, Will Barton has had a great season. I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's Yeah, he's averaging 15 to 15.2 points per game. And then you have guys like Aaron Gordon, who's kind of taking that next step forward offensively, at least um, for uh, for the uh, Denver Nuggets, averaging 14 points. And then Monte Morris, 12.3. Jeff Green, right at 10.6. So, you know, I was really high on the acquisitions of Jermichael Green and Jeff Green for this roster. Uh, guy that we haven't kind of mentioned uh, yet, Bones Highland. Uh, and I think this was a guy that you were high on as well, Zach, uh, coming into the season. But what, what have you kind of seen from him uh, for the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, Bones I mean, he's tissue paper defensively, so <laughs> he's like obviously super skinny. I think that that's is why they call him Bones. Yeah. Um, but offensively, he does have some on-ball juice, and is a guy that if he can continue to come along, I mean, I think he could be potentially an option to close games um, or at least play a lot more minutes. Um, and it's you know losing PJ was tough because it kind of forces Faku and Austin Rivers into a role that maybe they they were kind of fighting for that other bench guard now they are the bench guards um so with bones he continues to get better mike malone trusting him more and more um i, th- I believe they are bringing in boogie cousins on this team as well so that'd be interesting yeah. to see where he fits in the rotation um jeff and Jamichael green have both played pretty well um but yeah bones is, is exciting i mean he's, he's a long-term piece the only question i have is could bones potentially be a trade bait to get another piece in here if they want to go all in this year that'll be interesting to follow i think he was the 24th 25th pick last year but Intriguing, very intriguing young player, very dynamic offensive skill set. Yeah, it definitely would have to be, right, if you're, if you're trying to bring in some more talent on this roster uh, to kind of, you know, build around KP, or sorry, behind uh, Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP. But definitely, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Mike Malone as well, man. Uh, when you're missing two out of your three best players um, for pretty much 99% of the season, and Jokic, what he's been able to do, Leading this team in a in a in a Western Conference where they are number five in the entire uh, sorry number five in the entire conference at twenty two and twenty um, yeah definitely I I don't disagree with them being buyers at the uh, NBA trade deadline like you mentioned but um, yeah definitely love watching this team there there's something that they do need to fix about the second half <laughs> uh, if they're going to compete in um, these games but definitely things are looking good uh, for the uh, Denver Nuggets. Any final thoughts on the Denver Nuggets here before we get to the last team in this division, uh, Zach? No, let's let's get to the Jazz for sure. Yeah, let's get to the Utah Jazz, who are currently number three in the Western Conference at twenty nine and fourteen. Uh, the updated win total for this team um, is fifty three and a half, with the over at minus one forty five. The preseason win total for this Utah Jazz team was at fifty two and a half. Um, Odds are pretty much locked up for this uh, division to be won by the Utah Jazz at minus 10,000. But, Zach, I know you and I were kind of going back and forth about the Utah Jazz. I think this might be an extended conversation. But, um, you know, for the – I think it kind of starts with this and, and, and as a starting piece is that we know what this Utah Jazz team can do in the regular season, right? We've seen them be a one seed. They've been in that top two, top three seed under Kurt Steiner with Devontae Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, all the great pieces that they have around this team. But for me, and I think for a lot of people and betters and, and NBA fans is that we want to see the Utah Jazz perform in the uh, Western Conference playoffs. And they really haven't done that. I know great regular season team, but what's it going to take for them to kind of get over that hump going uh, in the, in the, at least the Western Conference playoff picture. Yeah. And you know, this is 
exactly kind of the back and forth thing a lot of people are having with the Jazz, where they're they are they're the new Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like yeah. it almost seems unnecessary to discuss them in the regular season because of how good they've been year after year, and they've continued to exit earlier than expected in the playoffs, and they haven't been able to get over the hump compared to teams that don't take the regular season as seriously as they do. But then in the playoffs, they're much more dangerous, right? Like yeah. last year, like the, that Clippers to get bounced by that Clippers team last year without Kawhi Leonard was just completely inexcusable, right? Right, and um, you know, right now they are, you know, they're 29 and 14, but they're four and a half games behind the Suns. Like, I don't think they're catching the Suns, right? So the idea that they would probably have to go on the road, um, possibly against the Warriors, who they're they're two games behind, and then into Phoenix. I mean, I don't necessarily see that happening as as good as this team has been, right? And like it's almost like the Bucks in the past where we have you know, we recognize how great they are in the regular season. Like you have to, you know, give that credit, but it's just like, it feels like we kind of know the impending doom that's coming, um, you know, to kind of give the regular season its credit before we kind of move on to that bigger, bigger picture. I mean, they're first in offense by a mile, like yeah. their system just works so well in the regular season there, you know, I think three or four points per hundred possessions are better than the next good team. And I think Rudy going out recently with COVID, like that really put a microscope on this team's issues, right? Like I think last year in the playoffs, Rudy caught a lot of blame in that Clippers series, but I think everyone is kind of starting to realize like it's not Rudy's fault. It's the fact that all their other players suck on defense and they funnel all their problems into Rudy and they basically say, okay, Rudy, you go clean this up. And it's remarkable the extent to which he does. Like in that Clippers series, they started to really finish well. They had guys like Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, athletic guys that were finishing well, hitting step back jumpers. But these perimeter defenders need to buy in. And you saw Rudy Gobert go to the media which was a really fascinating move. I mean, they're a 29 and 14 basketball team, but it just goes to show the pressure on this team the way now that he's calling out, you know, his other superstar, Donovan Mitchell, saying he needs to buy in like Devin Booker on the defensive end. I mean, I'm curious what you thought of that. That was really interesting to me. Um, but when Rudy's not out there, you really start to feel it. I mean, the whole Slack channel was on that Pistons money line, that Pistons plus 11, yeah. Cade Cunningham player props. I mean, just getting to the cup at will uh, with no one there to, with no one there to clean it up. So, you know, I think, you got to give credit to Rudy Gobert, how good he's been, but you know, offensively as well, he's really key, right? Like his, his rim gravity, his role gravity, that's what opens up basically everything for this offense as well. Like, you know, I guess Clarkson is one of those like pesky ISO guys, but you know, your Joe Ingles, your Mike Conley, like the, these older guys, they rely on Rudy a lot. So um, I just, I wonder what the formula tweak is going to be, right? Like they don't really have that, like, okay, we can go to Giannis at center, lineup tweak that could become lethal in the playoffs right like they they maybe i mean they they brought in rudy gay they brought in eric pascal to maybe experiment with different types of lineups like those lineups aren't working uh, as we saw when rudy gobert had covid um you know so what are they gonna what is this team gonna do to shake it up like i i love their regular season and, and if, if they if they hadn't gotten if they hadn't done this before and they hadn't done this exact same thing and then had like an emotional second round exit like the last like four years I would give a lot of credit to their regular season, but like what, what, what's different about this year? I mean, it's hard, it's hard to tell and maybe nothing. Um, And Phoenix and golden state look really good. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much the same roster that they've been returning year in and year out. Obviously they had the addition of Mike Conley um, a few seasons ago, but like you mentioned, Rudy, uh, Rudy Gay has been the addition uh, for this team. Eric Pascal has been the addition to this team, but outside of that, it's pretty much the core is pretty much the same, right? Led by Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, uh, Bogdanovich, um, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles. I think for this team, they're going to have to get another superstar, Zach. And I think that's going to have to involve 
either a Bogdan Bogdanovich or Joe Ingles going out uh, of this uh, team because it's just not good enough right now. Now, they are one of the best offensive teams, if not the best offensive team during the regular season, right? We've seen that. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams as well in the entire organ, uh, sorry, the entire association year in and year out. We know what the, like we talked about. And the thing that we keep drumming on is that great regular season team, but they kind of get need to get another piece that's going to put them over the top. And that's a superstar piece to put them over the top in the Western Conference playoff. We know what Donovan Mitchell is in the playoffs. We've seen him. He's been a superstar. He's dynamic. But they don't really have that second guy because because Rudy Gobert is your second best player. He's your defensive anchor. And he's, like you said, equally important on the offensive side. But they need to get another perimeter guy. And, and you know, sometimes Mike Conley is a hamstring away from missing an entire season or missing the playoffs. So I think that the ownership that they have now with or the part of the group with Dwayne Wade there, I think that maybe he does know or realize that they're going to have to get another piece if they want to keep Donovan Mitchell in Utah. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to for me. I don't care about the regular season. You know, I keep saying that, but for me, I need to see. I need to see it in the playoffs. No, I, I I agree with you. I think what's another thing that's interesting about this team is they, and we saw this with Milwaukee as well. The, the parallels are so interesting because they are so good in the regular season that they build up this culture of being really good in the regular season. They have a tight knit group of guys. They're yeah. all bought into their role. They have you know perfectly allocated roles, and they have Joe Ingles and Mike Conley. They have these great vets, Quinn Snyder. And that that regular season success makes it even harder to blow to to blow it up a little bit to maybe improve your championship equity, like we saw with the Bucks. And I, I give credit to the Bucks. Like, remember they tried they tried to trade down to Divincenzo for Bogdanovich. That yeah. that trade got blown up because of the tampering. They gave up basically their future for Drew Holiday. Like, where is the Utah move? Like, where are they gonna be? Like let's have the tough conversation and maybe trade a guy like Joe Ingles or a Mike Conley who is so beloved in this locker room, who has been nothing but a good teammate and a good vet. Like where are you going to get risky and be like, all right, we're going to have to make a move here that is uncomfortable and kind of maybe cuts a little bit away at what we built in terms of this regular season foundation in order to get our championship upside there. Um, so that that's kind of what I'm looking for, especially like you said, new ownership in town. Um, I think they have a new GM as well, um, or they, you know, at least getting changing a decision maker. Dwayne Wade's involved now. Yeah. Like, I think you could see this team maybe get a little bit frisky, especially because like the the added pressure of like now if you're the three seed, like imagine having a go road court like not home court advantage against golden state and then phoenix i mean that's a gauntlet let alone who you face out of the east like it's not like they're the number one seed right now right like they're at three and they're gonna be playing catch up um and like you said you know they have also rely on some older guys like mike conley you know can he stay healthy we will see but yeah you know the 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 regular season success is, is still there and the offense is still there um but in terms of the experimentation that we maybe thought we were going to see, you know, this is basically going to be the same team going into the playoffs unless they make a move. Like it's going to be again, you know, guys getting burned off the dribble and, and can Rudy Gobert be the best rim protector we've ever seen again. He wasn't in that Clippers series. It's a lot to ask again, um, especially with like the matchup. I mean, we saw what we saw the Warriors go into Salt Lake without Draymond and clay and, and beat them. Um, I think most everyone would take Phoenix over Utah in a playoff series as of right now. So, you know, the odds are against them, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the playoffs. Like, do they have any new tweaks or are they just going to try to run it back? It'll be a shame if they do. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's hard to talk about the regular season with this team just because they've, they've proven it in the regular season team. Like you look at a team like Minnesota, 
they're on the they're on the way up. Like it's exciting to see them get to 500. Utah, it's like, bro, it's your time to go win a chip. Um, so yeah. it's just a lot of pressure on this team. You know, maybe more pressure than any other team in the NBA, especially because like it's not the Lakers and the Clippers that you're competing against anymore, right? Like the Phoenix yeah. Suns have built up an organic team without a true superstar the same way that you have. Like yeah. you're, it's not like you can be like, oh, you know, LeBron and James Harden and KD are the ones that are that that are going to take us down, and we don't have superstars. Like, no, the Suns did what you did, and they did it better, and they did it quicker, and they yeah. got to the finals already, and they're more locked in than you this year. Um, so the, the pressure is just really high, and it's, they're a fascinating team, you know, to to watch as the season goes along. Here's my question to you, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but we talk about like two, uh, you know, we talk about the the dynamic duels of some of these teams in the Western Conference. We talk about LeBron James, the Anthony Davises, the Chris Pauls, the Devin Bookers, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Paul Georges of the Western Conference. Where do you rank Donovan Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert on in the list of at least the Western Conference teams? As a duo? As a duo, yeah. Um. Or if you like, said that, me, hey, I need the I need to pick a duo from the Western Conference right now. That needs I need a team to lead me to the Western Conference and that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, along with all the other guys. Where are you picking them? I would put them at like I would take CP and Book over them. Yeah. I would take Steph and Draymond over them. Yeah. I would take Luca and KP over them just to have Luca. Okay. I would take Jokic and Jamal over them. I would take LeBron and AD over them. I would take a healthy Kawhi and PG over them. I mean, not that high. So you not kind of see what I'm getting at, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I, I, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and, and that's the conversation. that I mean, that you can have a great supporting cast around, you know, some of these teams. But until you don't have those two superstars on your roster or scoring guards on your roster or in a guy like Anthony Davis on your roster that's great offensively, your team's going to be a great regular season team, but in the playoffs, you know, it's just not going to happen for you. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a great team to watch during the regular season, right? I mean, offensively, they're great. They shoot a lot of three-point shots and make a lot of three-point shots as well. But at a point, Zach, that it's going to come uh, that they're going to have to have that hard, hard conversation, like you mentioned, that, hey, it's going to have to be time to move on from uh, either it's a Joe Ingles or a Bogdanovich to get, bring in another superstar next to Donovan Mitchell before he, you know, says that, Hey, this just isn't working. I need to get shipped out or I want to go win somewhere else and play for another team. Um, yeah, and Donovan see. Mitchell, yeah, go you know, credit, credit. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Rudy Gobert is like in the media calling out Donovan Mitchell. And then, you know, you saw <laughs> there's a reporter from the Miami heat saying a reporter from the Miami heat saying that if Donovan Mitchell were to leave uh, Utah, his top destination would be the Miami and the Knicks. I mean, yeah this is a fragile situation um, and it's time to win now. Right. Like, I mean, you're, we're talking about having tough conversations about Mike Conley and Joe Ingles. Like if they fail again in the playoffs, we're talking about tough conversations about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um, like it, it, the stakes will be ranted even more. So super fascinating team. And just another example of why the, I mean, why the playoffs are going to be so fun. I mean, a Utah golden state or a Utah Phoenix series, even a Utah Memphis, Utah Lakers, like it's going to be absolutely electric with so much pressure on these guys to win. I, I just can't wait to see it and see how they respond, see if they have anything different. I mean, Quinn Snyder's a great coach. Like, I, I don't doubt that they understand what's going on, the conversation around them. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they respond. Yeah, 100%. And kind of to wrap up the Utah Jazz here, they have the sixth hardest, hard, sixth hardest remaining schedule in the NBA. Uh, they still have four games against the Phoenix Suns, three against the Golden State Warriors. 
and then games uh, two against the Grizzlies. And then on the Eastern Conference side, they still have their matchups against the Nets and the Bucks. So, you know, we'll find a lot of, we'll find out a lot about this team when they play that type of competition um, in the second half of this year. But um, yeah, they'll be in the playoffs for sure. We know that, but we'll just have to see what happens in the playoffs. And who knows, they might make a uh, move at the trade deadline to, you know, maybe bring another piece. Who knows? Um, updated numbers, Zach, to wrap up the Utah Jazz is at 54 and a half. Um, sorry, 53 and a half. Preseason win total was 52 and a half. Uh, overs at minus 145. Which way would you lean? I would probably lean over them. I, I, I think they're going to be chasing and trying like hell to get home court against one of these teams, uh, being yeah. Golden State and Phoenix. So I, I would I would take that over. Yeah, I would think so too. Um, yeah, I would lean towards the over uh, for this roster. So that is going to put a bow on the Northwest Conference. Any final thoughts for this division, uh, Zach, before we move on to the Tuesday games? Uh, nah, I mean, I think went pretty long there and uh, yeah. fascinating teams. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's take one last break here. We'll get into uh, the two games on the Tuesday night schedule. Be right back after we hear from our sponsors. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money for charity along the way too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 U.S. states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via QR codes, text, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and you and see who can win and hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And don't forget, guys, the SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, um, a lot of games on the Monday night schedule for MLK Day. Uh, I think we had about 10 to 11, uh, no, more than that, about 12 or 13 games in the NBA on Monday night. The Tuesday night schedule only features two games. Um, so I don't currently see any lines posted uh, for these matchups, uh, but we'll just quickly kind of, you know, try to project a line here for these uh, 
Tuesday night schedule uh, between the first game is going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves headed to New York uh, to Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. Um, Zach, I think we were talking maybe what two and a half, three point favorites maybe here for the Knicks at home. Yeah, I think that'd be about right. Uh, we saw the Knicks, I think, favored by two and a half against the Hornets today. Um, pretty similar. I mean, yeah, I think a short home fave within one possession, um, most likely a, a, a win and a win and cover for the Knicks or, or a win outright win for the, for the T-Wolves type situation. Yeah, so uh, let's start with this. New York Knicks had the early morning game today uh, against the Charlotte Hornets where they um, – the final score was not indicative of what happened in this game. The Charlotte Hornets really just blew out uh, the uh, New York Knicks on their home floor. Uh, they won the game 97-87. Sneakily, this Charlotte Hornets team has been playing really good defense. But for the yep. Knicks here, um, yeah, we've talked about this Knicks team, but it seems like it's troubling times for them. Um, but let's start with a side here. Let me pull up the ATS uh, trends. Uh, I want you to talk about the uh, New York Knicks here uh, and what you see in this matchup with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves here tomorrow night. Yeah, I think for the Knicks, I mean, it was a rough outing for for them today. Uh, didn't shoot the ball well at all. To kind of see, it was just a slow start for them. Uh, went down 11 at the end of the first quarter, and it's against the Hornets team with no Lamella ball, so pretty inexcusable, especially considering the team, the Hornets, part of me, are right there in that Eastern Conference morass where the Knicks wouldn't like to have that tiebreaker. Um Back to 500 um, for the Knicks. And I think with the T-Wolves coming into town, um, I like this matchup for the Knicks. Um, you know, the opportunity to have, a, you know, a bigger bruising lineup against Cat um, and, and maybe a better, a little bit better matchup for R.J. Barrett, who struggled today against some of the bigger wings on, on Charlotte. Um, you know, a slight home favorite here for the Knicks would, would be my expectation. Haven't been great at home, but the T-Wolves have been slightly below average on the road. So I would lean to the Knicks here. Um, you know, it is that back-to-back situation, so you always want to check that injury report. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would ex- I would expect the, you know the, the Knicks to, to to close as a really short home favorite and and end up getting the win here tomorrow night. Yeah, this is the second matchup for these two teams so far this season, and I believe they did match up earlier um, in Minnesota uh, back on let's see here uh, December twenty eighth, where the Knicks were a five point road favorite, got the victory there ninety six eighty eight. Um, but you know, the, like you said, the Knicks have uh, regressed here a little bit uh, over the last week or so. Here, um, they they had a four game winning streak stretch. There did the uh, I'm sorry, the New York Knicks had a three game uh, winning streak. There they had won five of the last six games before dropping the game to Charlotte here. But yeah, I think that you know, looking at a short home favorite of here, but minus two and a half, minus three, I do lean with the Knicks as well. Um, just kind of bouncing back uh, after a dreadful loss today against the Charlotte Hornets in back-to-back situations so far this season. Um, Zach, the uh, Knicks are three and two against spread four and one to the under. So I definitely lean towards the under in this game uh, between yep. these two squads. Um, yeah. I also lean with the New York Knicks, but we'll put out our official picks. If you're not in the Slack channel or make sure to head over to the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just hit that NBA tab. You'll see NBA picks uh, that we do our best to put our picks up uh, before the games start for sure. Um, anything else that kind of sticks out for this game, uh, Zach, before we get into the second game? No, I mean, this should be a really fun game to watch. Hopefully everyone is is, is in and healthy. I'm excited to see uh, this, this matchup. Yeah, 100%. Let's move on to that second game of the night. It's uh, not maybe not as exciting, but it probably is for Zach. We have the Detroit Pistons. 
headed to, <laughs> to California to take on the Warriors. Um, expecting this to be a double-digit spread for sure in this game. Um, I believe Steph Curry should be back for this game after he's sitting uh, sat out the last one with a hand issue yep. that uh, you had mentioned, Zach. Yeah, he did have a, a hand bruise that kept him out of that Wolves game. Probably also, you know, that sneaky just like rest and get him back to Golden State for you know this this home stand. So I expect Steph to play, and and we we we're looking at this number maybe around you know eleven or twelve uh, for for the Pistons uh, being in Golden State tomorrow night. Yeah, which way would you lean on this game between the Pistons and the Warriors? I think I would I would lean with the Warriors here, coming back off a rough road trip, uh, especially like you know with with a lack of health and. In that Bulls game, we really did see kind of Steph start to find himself again, and, and the Warriors' offense overall uh, started to find themselves a little bit, you know, with a great performance in Chicago. So Detroit, uh, you know, they've been a little bit peskier as of late. I was on them against that's the Suns. They got blown out at home. Now going out on a West Coast road trip, I believe they play something like four games and seven nights on the West Coast. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this is an inferior team. Uh, I think we, we've seen the Pistons be able to compete more like – in this recent this, this recent spurt they've had, uh, you know that was against the Magic, the Jazz without Rudy, then they go and get blown out by the Bulls, get the uh, banged up Raptors team, then they get blown out by the Suns. So going to Golden State here, I will go uh, with the Warriors, and um, yeah, maybe a little bit, you know, only two games in the slate, maybe a little Knicks Warriors parlay action um, could be fun, um, but yeah, two games slate. That's like you said, basically everybody's playing today. Yeah, this is a, uh, like you mentioned, a four-game road trip uh, to the West Coast. Four games in six nights, starting with the Golden State Warriors. On Tuesday evening, they hit to a back-to-back situation to Sacramento, and then they have the back, uh, sorry, uh, two games in three nights between the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets to wrap up that four-game road trip for the uh, Golden State, sorry, for the Detroit Pistons. But yeah, I think as well as games, like you mentioned, that it's a, a, a superior, inferior opponent, uh, for the Detroit Pistons that, you know, double digits here, just kind of a get right game for the Golden State Warriors. I do see them, you know, coming off of losing two out of the last three games. Um, I'm sorry, uh, coming off that road trip, like you mentioned on the East Coast that, hey, we're back home. Clay should be Clay's going to be playing, you know, Steph Curry's going to be back. He's looking like he's returning to form again. And then, you know, um, I think they come out and take care of business in this two game uh, schedule for the Tuesday night. Not, not much to talk about here, Zach, for us, at least from a betting perspective on this uh, very small schedule in the NBA, but anything else uh, that kind of sticks out to your uh, worth mentioning to the listeners? Uh, no, I, I, I did. Uh, I did tell you on that uh, Kyrie Irving scoring prop, which uh, looks like it hit. I, I know you, you definitely, uh, you, you tweeted that out. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I, I told Terrell he 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 gave that uh Wolves first quarter bet uh, last night against the Warriors, and I let him know that I uh, got Chipotle, I got extra meat, <laughs> I got guacamole, and I got a soda, and I did not feel guilty about it whatsoever because I hit that first quarter bet that I wasn't expecting to the night before. So same to you. I will uh, let you know what I get for dinner tonight. I will be guilt-free uh, whatever extra sides and uh, <laughs> drinks I get for dinner tonight. There we go. Helping, uh, helping uh, fellow uh, co-host and the people in the Slack channel uh, have a nice meal uh, for lunch yep. or dinner. Double meat for sure. That's that's how we do it in the SGPN Slack channel for the NBA. Uh, as far as picks for the game, I mean, there's only two games on the schedule. I mean, we, we gave you our leans, but again, we won't have an official lock and dog for this game, but definitely check out the Slack channel. Like I mentioned, sg.pn slash Slack. Hop into the conversation. 
across all the different NBA channels that are happening, or sorry, all the different channels that are happening on the uh, SGPN Slack channel, but as well as the NBA, uh, NFL, golf, hockey, tennis, soccer. It's all happening over here at Sports Gambling Podcast. Also, make sure to check out the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um for all the picks and podcasts across all the sports that we covered, all the content that is being dropped for the NFL playoffs and the NBA player props, uh, articles, DFS, fantasy, all everything happening over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Zach, uh, any final thoughts, man? I let the people know where they can find you, buddy. Yeah, get me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Get me in the Slack channel. Uh, man, yeah, nothing else. Uh, nice weekend. Got some Monday Night Football, which I'll uh, maybe get on the uh, on the third screen. You know, I'll definitely... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely gonna get my uh, you know, some some good NBA games tonight. So fun podcast and uh yeah, I'll be back next week. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll be back next uh Tuesday to record the last uh, division in the Western Conference, which will be the Pacific Division. Uh that'll be a fun conversation as well. But yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter as well at SportsNerd824. Like I said, hop into the Slack channel, join the conversation. We have every single night surrounding NBA. It's a lot of fun with a lot of the guys. Uh, We'll be back on Wednesday morning with myself and Terrell to tackle the Wednesday uh, game schedule in the NBA. Till then, guys, good luck with your bets this week. Uh, Till then, let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give it, give it, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it.